And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, uh, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. Super, super excited to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Wix.com, helping you create a website you are proud of. You can discover the platform that gives you the freedom to create, design, manage, and develop your web presence exactly the way you want it. Go to Wix.com and check it out. So today we have with us. I, I'm actually super excited. I get I get excited about, well, all of our guests because all of our guests are awesome. Otherwise, we wouldn't have them on the show. But our guest today is going to be talking with us about a really, really important topic for entrepreneurs. Um, one that I don't think gets enough conversational airtime. So we're going to be talking to Kate Donovan. Kate is a speaker. She is a prolific author. She's a podcast host for Fried the Burnout Podcast. And I'm sure that some of you entrepreneurs, uh, startup hustlers listening at home, you've dealt with burnout and it's a bitch. So we're going to talk to Kate and she's going to talk to us about, you know, talk to us about burnout, how you get there, how you get over it, all of that fun stuff. Uh, Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show and taking the time. I'm so glad to be here. And when I was just, I was listening to a few shows of yours before I came on and we both do the same thing at the beginning of our podcast. I'm so excited to have this guest. And it seems, you know, if you're listening week after week, you might think that this is just sort of a thing that you say, but I really do also feel that excitement. I want to have these conversations. I am, I am really excited to be here with you. So thanks so much for having me and, and let's get this going. I cannot tell you how much I love that you said that because I do think I'm like, I worry sometimes I'm like, do listeners think that I'm being disingenuous? And I'm like, here's the thing though. We wouldn't have you on the show if you weren't awesome, if you didn't know your shit, if you weren't excited to share it with the world and help entrepreneurs be better hustlers. Like we wouldn't. And so, yeah, I really am excited to talk to every single guest, every single stinking one. It's ridiculous. I love my job. Uh, so speaking of loving your job, because I'm sure that you do, Kate, why don't you why don't you take us on your journey? Tell us tell us more. You know, I'm the girl who has, and I'm not offended by the word girl. So if you are, I'm really sorry, but as I'm not offended by that word. So I'm going to use it about myself. I am the girl who has sort of done everything and been everywhere. I've lived in four countries. I speak three languages fluently. I have, I've married wait, 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 someone. Wait. Which oh, yeah. languages? I need to know. Um, so I obviously English and Polish and Czech. That is all right. I feel like we're going to go down that rabbit hole a little bit later, but continue. Totally fine. So I also got engaged after knowing someone for six weeks that I met in a foreign country and ended up marrying him. We're still together. We've been together for 16 years. We still like each other, even more important than the rest of it. And so I, I am the girl that has taken risks and done big things. And I 
have always been an entrepreneur. So I started filing my father's paperwork for him at his business when I was seven years old. And I've never really worked for anyone else. Even throughout college, I was waitressing and bartending, which basically is selling yourself kind of position because you're only making money if people like you. So you better learn how to turn it on, sister. You know, like you have to be able to show up. So I have worked for myself forever. And my first sort of bigger business was an acupuncture office, a Chinese medicine center in Warsaw, in Poland. And it was like stupidly successful. And I don't say that to brag. I say that to set the stage. I had a three month waiting list. I was on Polish news on the Polish version of like, you know, The View and the Today Show and and things like that. I was in magazines. Um, So I was 28 years old. I was at the top of my game. I was making more money than I ever thought imaginable because I did not grow up in a system that um, had money in it. My family system was was not a, a financially fluent one. And so I found myself in this position where I, I thought that I had gotten and created everything I ever wanted, but I was miserable. Oh, and I was man. Like, I was definitely expecting a totally different outcome. So so why? Why were you miserable? Well, a lot of things were going wrong, and I, I kind of didn't know all of them for a long time. I was starting to burn out at that point, and my burnout lasted another six or seven years before I realized what was really happening and started to deal with it. But underneath underneath all of the bullshit. So if we're just going to like really dig right into it, and I'm going to get real honest with a bunch of people that I don't know today... <laughs> The, the thing that was happening was that I didn't feel like I had any true value unless I was giving people more than they expected at all times in every sense of the word. So unless I was serving people to the nth degree, I didn't deserve the money I was making, nor did I deserve the accolades that were coming my way, nor was I worthy of the position that I held. Oh, okay. That is such a... That's a really powerful sentiment. And I feel like there are a lot of folks out there who who feel the same way. Like, I mean, I've I've dealt with that at times. You know, my my career is one of service fundamentally. Um, and that is just it breaks my heart for you. Um, and, and I and I have to ask, one of the things that's kind of, it's so intriguing to me. Um, you know, you were you were, you had an acupuncture clinic which is one would think that's kind of like the height of, of wellness. Like people go to see an acupuncturist to feel better and to feel well and to take charge and, and agency on their own wellness journey. And yet here you are experiencing the exact opposite. So can you, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. And it really bothered me because when you finish Chinese medicine school, it's a four-year master's program, first of all to get a degree in Chinese medicine in the United States, which is what I got before I moved to Poland. So it's an intense degree. And when you do it, everything that you learn in Chinese medicine is holistic. And everything you learn is how stressors affect the body, whether it's an internal stressor like an emotion or whether it's an external stressor like a bacteria or a, a traumatic incident like a car crash or something like that. You know, Everything we talk about is how stress affects the body. So it took me a really long time to sort of woman up to my burnout because I couldn't accept the fact that I was in a position where I was not managing my stress properly because I should be an expert at this. 
So I didn't admit for a long time that I was feeling bad. I didn't admit that I was gaining weight, even though my pants were not buttonable. I didn't admit that my thyroid was going crazy. I didn't admit because I should know better. Yeah. So that made it worse for me that I was an acupuncturist because it was happening and then I was judging myself for it. Sure. Because well, I know I better. There's there there's that saying out there that like the cobbler's child always goes without shoes and the, yeah. the doctor's kid always goes without. But I mean, you're talking about the doctor or the cobbler not giving themselves shoes. That's that's yeah. that's crazy. So so you mentioned something that I found um, again something that I found I found like eight things interesting. Like I'm writing furiously here on my notepad, but I, I'm going to drill down on this one a little bit. You talked about the fact that you were experiencing burnout for six to seven years before you really realized it was happening. And yeah. so I want to talk to you and, and dig down into what are some of those more insidious signs of burnout? What are some of the things that some of our listeners at home could maybe check their pulse on periodically? Some of those things that you might not even think about in your, your day to day. I appreciated that Chinese medicine insert right there that checked the pulse. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was smooth, Lauren. I, I I, I, well, I have to tell you, like, full transparency, did not do that on purpose. <laughs> oh, good. Well, you know, it worked anyway. Um, so there was a sense of how, how should I, how should I talk to you about this? I might need you to ask me that question again so that I can get clear. What are what are some of the less noticeable oh, the lesser known signs. Yeah. signs of burnout that you might have been experiencing? So one of the things that was really big in my own personal life was the tired but wired sensation that okay. I have since learned is very, very connected to burnout, is very connected to your nervous system and how it's functioning. But it's this idea that like you're kind of tired as soon as you wake up. You're tired all damn day. You finally allow yourself to go to bed. You lay down and then your brain is like, bing, let's think about that first chapter of that next book. Oh, man. Right? Uh, that okay. inability. I, I'm saying, well, I'm, I'm sitting here and I have a little mental checklist in my head and I'm like, well, shit, I got that. Okay. <laughs> That's a really big one. Yeah. One of the other things in my case towards the end, so this is just before I started dealing with the burnout, was that I had I have always been an athlete. I was a competitive gymnast for a large part of my life. I played sports all four years in high school and I have exercised ever since. It's just a normal part of my life. And I was living in Prague. Um, I burnt out in Warsaw, moved to Prague, sort of stayed burnt out in Prague. But I had been in Prague for a few years, and I lived four minutes from the tram stop to my apartment, and the four minutes was up a hill. Not like a death hill, but like a hill. And yeah. I got to the point where I was working a six-hour shift, which is not that many hours. I was coming home, and I was walking up this four-minute hill, and at two minutes, I was sitting on somebody's stoop to take a break. Oh, wow. My body was so physically exhausted that I could not get there from here, no matter what there was or here was. I just couldn't make my body physically capable of like doing actual exercise. And I would sit there on that stoop and I would start crying because I knew that I had to get home and walk my dog. And I didn't understand how I was going to get in my house and then get my dog outside and walk her. Wow. I just, it was, so it was like, it was almost like you had done a full hardcore workout before you even started. Yes. And that's how I felt so tired all the time. And then the other thing that is 
really particular to my work and something that I use a lot with people that people very often resist. And no one really likes to talk about this. And I'm kind of the only voice out there, but I think it's really important is I was incredibly resentful. If I look at my emotional sort of rainbow at that time in my life, I was either mad or resenting you because I was giving out so much of myself all the time. And I wasn't allowing, it wasn't that people weren't trying to give me things back, right? That's it's, this is not anybody else's fault, but I wasn't allowing anything to come back in. So I was constantly in debt to myself energetically and emotionally. Yeah. Wow. I see so what you're, what you're saying is just so powerful, Kate. And, and I'm so thankful that you are taking the opportunity to be so open and so vulnerable and honest. Uh, Cause I, I, I think that it can only help people. And one of the things that impresses me most about you is that you took what sounds and, and feel like I can just feel the frustration that you feel for that period of time. Like I can hear it in your voice and I can mm-hmm. see it in your face. I know you listeners at home can't see it, but I can see it. Trust me. It's there. Uh, but one of the things that impresses me most is the fact that you were able to take such a negative, deeply hurtful time in your life and you, you were able to turn it around. You built, you've built this beautiful business and you've become a thought leader in the space regarding burnout. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that journey. Like you, it is wild. Yeah, let's let's hear about it. We love wild to hear it started. It off. is wild. And so I got to this point where I started getting better and I started taking care of myself and I already had a blog. So people started asking questions. What are you doing? How, you know, I wasn't planning on becoming a burnout coach. That was never that was never yeah. the plan. And at the time, my husband um, was doing a postgraduate degree at Cambridge, dis- distance learning. He had to go three or four times over the course of a year. But I had access to university libraries, which, you know, when you're an academic and you have access all the time, it's lovely. But when you're not, they want you to pay forty nine ninety five for every article. So right. I had access to Cambridge University libraries, and I downloaded every single bit of research that has ever been done on burnout. Yeah. And I read it over the course wait, of a year. Wait, wait, wait. Real, real quick. Would you consider yourself a nerd, Kate? You know, uh, yes. <laughs> I'm Absolute a super nerd. nerd. Author, podcast. You really are. Like, uh, you're I'm a super geek. woman. <laughs> yes, I'm a, I'm a super geek. And so I read through all of the burnout material. And what I was realizing was that it wasn't written for me. The research yeah. was about doctors, nurses, and corporate workers. And I was like, uh. Yeah. Where what about I me? Here? So I started trying to say, well, well, what would this mean in my life? Well, what would this correlate to in my life? How does this relate to my business? And I started breaking things down. And from that came this idea, like, I need, I need to get this stuff out of me and into a book because I can't keep it in my head anymore and I can't keep it in my body anymore. And, and if I, I need to release it so that I can create space for something new. Like it felt like the words had piled up in my body and then they just started coming out. Sure. So I was getting ready to write this book and I wasn't sure when I was going to find the time. I was supposed to go on a trip to Croatia with my husband and my sister was going to come from the States and meet us. Last minute, long story short, my sister couldn't come. My husband couldn't come. So I was off to Croatia for 10 days by myself. And I thought, thank you, universe. I'll start my book now. <laughs> so that, I did. Is that the trip you didn't know you needed? Yes, exactly. So I started the book and I didn't finish it at the time, but I I got back. It was September 2018 
And I told my husband, I'm done in Europe. I'm ready to be back in the States. And he asked his company. They agreed to move him. Little did we know that it was going to be happening like four months later. So I didn't touch the book for ages because I was all of a sudden moving internationally, shutting down my business, do you know, kind of doing all these things. So sure. I finally got back to the States. I was setting up my life. You know, it takes six to eight weeks just to get stuff organized. You have to find an apartment and you have to get furniture and you have to, it takes forever. So I'm getting everything organized. I'm finally ready to start working again. I'm opening an acupuncture office in New York City. Everything's sort of working. And then I ruptured my Achilles. <gasps> oh, no. After an exercise class. Yes. After a kickboxing class. Because I pretended I was still a gymnast and I did a round off after a kickboxing class without shoes on. And as soon as I landed, it just popped. And because I know orthopedic testing from my acupuncture degree, I did the orthopedic test and my foot flopped. And I went, well, you guys, I have to go to the hospital. That's horrific. That's a really, really awful injury. Awful. For sure. Dude, like how, how like much zero out of 10. Zero out of 10 would not recommend. I would not go yeah. back. Oh, man. It took me a year and a half to get back to hiking, um, almost two years to get back to running. Oh, wow. Just oh. awful. And, and just right right at the perfect time. Like, sometimes the universe can be a real dick. Right? <laughs> so I found myself in this spot, and I was like, okay, here I am. Um, I guess I'll finish my book now because <laughs> I can't do anything else. And that was the same time where... I started thinking, well, I need a little bit more information for the book from other people because right now I'm writing about myself and I'm only one story and I'm not that fucking important, to be frank. So I need some other stories here. And also I have all this time and I'm not going to write for eight hours a day. So like, what am I going to do to fill up this time where I obviously can't get into the city to treat patients on a train and walk around? Like, it's, this is not possible. So I can't do that right now. What am I going to do? And in a weird twist of fate, I'm also a medium. And sometimes I talk to my dead grandmothers when I need solving a problem. So I went to bed and I was like dying, crying. I, my pillow was wet. I was bawling. And I was like, the two of you need to tell me what I'm supposed to do in this time. Because I just am baffled and lost. And this is awful. I woke up the next morning with Fried, the Ultimate Guide to Burnout podcast. Fried, the Ultimate Guide to Burnout podcast. So since then, the the title has been shortened a little because it doesn't need to be that long. But I started Fried that day and it has brought me, Fried is what created my business. That's incredible. So so Fried, when you're talking about this podcast, you you talk to experts, you talk to the average layperson and just kind of talk about their burnout experience. Tell us a little bit more about it. I want to know. I want to know. So we flip flop episodes. One week is a hashtag straight from Kate episode where I give tips, like clear tips. This is what you can do right now. Try this thing if this is what's going on in your life. Or I'm answering questions that people ask in our Facebook group. Um, like direct, I see three or four people asking the same question in a short period of time. I just answer the question in a straight from Kate episode so that everybody can have access to it. And then the opposite weeks are guests. And it, uh, my kind of prerequisite is you've got to have a burnout story. You've got yeah. to have at least partially recovered. Okay. Right. And there's got to be now an interesting twist to your story because I've heard a lot of burnout stories now. I've done 60 some of these interviews. So you got to make it interesting for me. 
You know? okay. And so I get to have these amazing conversations and every single one of them teaches me something new and every single one of them teaches my audience something new. So it's just been like such a wonderful, amazing journey. Do you have a favorite episode? I got to ask. You know, I kind of change my mind on it all the time. Yeah. But there was an episode right in the very beginning with a woman named Mindy Kniss. Okay. And it was about like heart opening and heart conversations, like heart to heart conversations. And it was like such a healing moment for me. It's not one of the most downloaded episodes, but it is one of my personal bests. Okay. All right. Yeah. People ask me that question all the time and I never really answer it. Um, but I, I, I do have like, I feel like I have like a top 10, like some just really memorable episodes. But the thing is, and here's the thing that I, I think maybe listeners at home, if you if you don't have a podcast, and I know everybody has podcasts, but if you don't, one of the things that you don't, you might not necessarily get is the fact that I get just as much out of sitting here, talking to people, learning their stories, getting to help them tell their stories. Um, you know, it, it, it just offers so many awesome perspectives. So, so highly recommend 10 out of 10, you know, get yourself a podcast. It's, you know, it's not that hard. Uh, and I say that as somebody who like, I don't do any of the back end shit. So, uh, <laughs> I just show up and talk. Um, so, so I want to, I have to ask you this. We actually talked about this a little bit before we hit the record button, but you know, I mentioned that our episode sponsor is Wix. And for those of you who don't know, Wix is a, a platform, online platform by which you can build your website and your website is on Wix. <laughs> yes. My podcasting website is definitely on Wix. It's like super easy. And I love the um, HTML sort of system where you can pop in the player. So people yeah. don't have to go anywhere. Like people can listen to my podcast episodes right on the web page, which I think is like super convenient. I love their SEO system. It makes it really easy. There's like wow. all these tips and tricks. It's just a it's just so super simple. Like I'm, I'm a big Wix fan. So that was a nice uh, yeah. little bit of kismet that that was, you said, you're like, Oh, that's our sponsor. I was like, Oh, I love that. Yay. I know. Like, well, I, I had that, I had that reaction too. Cause in a, in a previous life and still sometimes today, um, you know, I, I have a background in marketing and so I used to build client websites and I would build them on, you know, different platforms and Wix is so easy so <laughs> like easy. plug and play just pop it where you want it to go oh do you need to make that margin a little bit better Whoop, there you go it's like so simple you don't have to know code you don't have to know like any of that really complicated stuff that makes it really difficult to start your own website when you don't have a ton of resources and money and like you know you don't have the money to hire a creative agency so yeah every time my bill comes through i'm like yes pay it <laughs> Love it. Well, so so we're going to ask the question, where do you go when you want to create, manage, and grow your business online? And I think that Kate and I are both going to tell you, Wix. Wix. They are the leading website creation platform. You can create a site with designer-made templates that can be customized for your business, and they look great on all devices. Um, that is hugely key. How many people access websites from their cell phones these days? Like pretty much everybody I know. You can reach new audience. You know, Kate talked about those SEO tools. They have intelligent SEO tools designed to get you found on search engines, which if nobody can find you, 
nobody can buy from you. Uh, manage it all from one place at home, at the office, on the go. You will never miss a thing when it comes to your business. They make it so easy. With Wix, you can join over 200 million people already doing it. So head over to Wix.com to get started. Uh, just a quick reminder, we are here with Kate Donovan. She is a speaker, an author, and we're, we talked a little bit about the podcast. She's podcast host for Fried, the burnout podcast. So Kate, We've, I, I feel like like this time is going by so fast because I have so many questions that I want to ask you. I, I know so many entrepreneurs who experience burnout, in your, particularly in your early days when it's only you. Like the, the buck stops here. There is no one else. <laughs> it is just you. Um, it, it's really hard. Starting a business is hard. That's why Startup Hustle exists. We want to tell entrepreneurs you're not alone. So, so talk to us about this. One of the things that I love to do on the show and folks who listen to my episodes know this, I like to give real actionable advice that people can implement in their lives tomorrow. So the first question that I'm going to ask, and we, we kind of touched on it a little bit, we talked about those insidious burnout signs, but what are some ways that people can do like internal checks and, and, and check themselves? Check the pulse, dun dun dun. I said it again. <laughs> Check the pulse for for burnout. How do you recognize burnout in yourself? So for me now, um, on the other side, from a recovery standpoint, my most important tool is resent is resentment, because resentment is this incredible way for you to have a a really like a quick flashlight on an area where the boundaries are not quite right. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be anybody's fault necessarily. Sometimes it was because there were not clear expectations set. So you thought that you were going to hire this VA and they were going to be able to wear all the same hats that you wear, but it turns out they can only wear a social media hat. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you really suck at the rest of this. And I thought I was going to double myself. So I think it's really important to start to notice where the resentments are coming up, where the boundaries need to be shifted, because that's how you figure out how to create a sustainable business. And it, it never goes away. As your business grows, you'll have resentment about different things. So for instance, as a speaker in 2020, I did almost all free or very low cost speaking engagements because I was trying to get my name out there. In 2021, I stopped doing that because I needed it to start paying off because this is now officially an income stream in my business, right? right. So I had somebody after get in touch with me and find out my pricing. And then a few months later, write to me and say, hey, we can offer you this amount. And it was 6% of my price. 6%. Oh, wow. And she knew my price because she asked me. Right. And I was, at first I was furious right? Whereas a year ago, I would have been like, great, I'll take it. I'll do it. Excellent. You're going to pay me anything. I'm thrilled, right? And then I, so what I realized at that point was, oh, I'm at a different place in my speaking career. Yeah. And she's allowed to ask me this question. So instead of writing back to her and kind of like being a dick and being like, um, do you remember what I told you my price was? Hello. I stopped and I thought, how can I be generous here with her and with myself and yeah. with some other people in my community so that I'm still well thought of, so that I still feel generous, and so that I don't have to participate in things that are not where I am in my business right now. They're not bad things. They're just not where I am. So I wrote to my Facebook community and I said, hey, who of you is in the burnout business actually working as a coach who's looking to do some speaking engagements and is willing to do free or low-cost engagements? Please fill out this Google form. 
and I will send your information over to someone looking for a speaker. Nice. Right. So my response to this woman was, yeah, that's, you know, that's not the place that I'm at right now, but I do know so-and-so and so-and-so, please take a look at their speaker sheets and make a choice from there. They're both part of my community. I trust them. She was thrilled. The speakers were thrilled. Everybody's happy. And all I had to do was pay attention to that moment of resentment that said, this isn't for me. If I do this, I'm going to be crossing my own boundary. Yeah, well, and and there and I do want to just take a moment to acknowledge you, you have like a hidden little uh, piece of advice, morsel of advice in there for for our entrepreneurs listening at home. Hey, it is okay to value what you do when you attach a value, affix a value to what it is you do. Uh, there are any number of factors that go into that: your experience, you know, your what you're being asked to do, blah blah, all of that stuff. But the fact is what you do has value and you do not have to undervalue what you do just because someone asks. Uh, And I know that a lot of entrepreneurs get into that that trap where they're like, oh, I'm honored that somebody, you know, would give me any money. And the fact is like, no, that's bullshit. You fix your price for a reason. It's based on a lot of different factors that vary by industry and vary by task and all of that good stuff. And then, you know, you stick to it. Because what you do has value. And so recognizing that what you did there in that scenario, you didn't just turn it outward, create a service opportunity, a low risk, high reward kind of chance to put some other people out there. That's a beautiful thing that you did. But what you also did is that you turned that resentment into an acknowledgement and you turned that into personal power. Exactly. I own what I do. I believe in what I do. It has a value and that va- value has a monetary point that I need to stick yes. to. <laughs> yes. Or, and, and which is sometimes negotiable if there are other things in play. I just agreed sure. to do something for half of my normal price because it's going to be sent out to a number of people that makes it worth it. But there's, yeah, there's still a value there. Or, there's still you know, a value. It's why, we, it's why we have friends and family discounts. Like, hey, if exactly. there's someone who's been in with, in the, in the journey with me, like, yeah, Let's talk about a, a little bit of a discount, maybe totally. not a 100% discount, but let's talk about a little discount because I appreciate that you've been by my side, you know, for as long as you have, whatever it is, like there, there are any number of factors that can go into it, but well, and you know, right off the street, what you do has value. Yeah. And I, I think that. the flip side of the of the resentment is like one side of it is just like you said, like you don't have to take things that are not paying you well because you feel, quote unquote, lucky to be getting them. If you do notice that you're feeling resentful, that's OK. It's just information about where you are. Yeah. Right. So it's it's OK to be resentful. But I think the pro- the problem that happens and the thing that I'm trying to avoid when I'm working with clients is especially when it comes to boundary building and and sort of working with internal and external boundaries is you don't need to sound like an asshole to have a boundary. Sure. I could have easily written an email to that woman that said, "Um, I told you what my price was. Like, this is insulting. Hey, lady, fuck right off. Yeah, (laughs) I could have. (laughs) I could have said that. And a lot of people would say like, you know, no is a, is a complete sentence and you need to tell people what you're worth. And there's a lot of sort of like aggression in boundary building sometimes that I don't actually think needs to be there. It's possible that I would have wanted to do this work for her in order to create a relationship with her and in order to create a relationship with the company she was working with. Right. Maybe. So she offered, there's nothing wrong 
with her offer. But we sometimes we get to this point where we're, uh, I think there's a battle when you own a business between humility and ego. For sure. Right. You want to stay humble. I love that statement, but I'm going to ask you to elucidate that statement. Let's let's go on it. So there is this idea of like, especially if you are based in the United States and, and raised in the United States, two of our main cultural values are hard work and individualism. So you have this sort of humility of like, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to like buckle down. I'm going to do the thing. And I'm, I'm going to be really grateful when it comes back to me because that's part of our cultural value. Right. And but at the same time, as you grow and you get more popular and people know your name a little bit more and, and your, your podcast goes viral or your TikTok goes viral, you can get a little cocky pretty easily to say, like, well, this is who I am now. Like, so bug off, like. I'm big sure. in Japan, you know, I've, I've been goofing for the past week or so because recently I was um, number one in Bermuda. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe you just said big in Japan. That makes me laugh, but continue. Right? Please. <laughs> so I was number one in Bermuda a couple, you know, a couple weeks ago. And I just thought that that was hysterical because there's 60,000 people in Bermuda and yeah. probably two of my listeners went on vacation there and then that was enough, you know? That's hilarious. So, but it's really easy to get caught up in your pride and in your ego as your business becomes successful. And I think it's so important to remind yourself that anything you build could be gone tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and here, here's the thing, like, you know, going back to, to what you did, there are some people who are going to be like, I don't have time for that. Like, you know, I, I should have just said no. And I mean, to your point, like, I mean, I guess that's okay. You know, it's just another form of boundary. What am I willing to do? But Absolutely. You know, one of the other things that you did in kind of turning that opportunity outward is you actually established further credibility within your community. Ding, um, so ding, ding. There's some value. There's a value add for that too. So, so, I mean, I just, I think that that was a super cool way to look at it. And I, I really appreciate you kind of distilling down. Cause I think when people think about burnout, you know, the first things that come to mind to me are like the super obvious things, like I'm really tired or, you know, I'm really stressed out or I'm, I get snappy with like the people that I love, or I don't feel like doing what I need to do. I avoid doing what I need to do. There are all of these things, but it all, when you think about it, it all kind of boils down to that resentment piece. Like, am I invested in what I want, in what I'm doing? Am I passionate? Am I excited about what I'm doing? Because the best entrepreneurs are those that are excited and and passionate about what they're doing, right? And so, am I getting enough back? Yeah, I, I love that. Like, is it is it so? What the the term that I use often, and I've heard it used. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the one who originated it or anything, but it, does it fill my cup? Yeah, you know. And you're always gonna have you're always gonna have days that are just absolute shit. You know, like something terrible happened. You lost a client. You know, what whatever it is, there are gonna be days that are absolutely terrible. But if you have a full cup, you're much better able to to take that reserve drink and be like, all right, I can power through. Um, yeah. And so 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 I love that, like distilling it down to its base form of resentment. And the filled um, cup is really important to me for another reason. Yeah, because a lot of entrepreneurs I know are concerned with, and I believe rightfully so, the ability to be generous. 
So yeah. in that case, somebody that says, well, I don't have time for that. I get that. That's fine. You can say, no, I'm not interested in this. And that can be the end of the conversation. That's a totally acceptable boundary. There is nothing wrong with it. Yeah. However, one of my main goals as I create my business is to allot myself enough time and enough money to be able to be generous with ease. Right. Because I like to be generous. It's one of the reasons I burnt out. Except for before I was being generous and being like, no, 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 I don't need anything for it. I'm just like this good person. Can you pat me on the head and tell me I'm a good girl? Yeah. Right. But now I'm doing it where I'm saying I'm charging enough for my services. I'm not taking on too many clients. I'm charging enough for my speaking events. I have plenty of free time in my schedule every week. And because I set my business up that way, when things like that happen, I have the generosity available to me. If you are booked to the like tens all the time, you don't have the generosity. You it's not available to you. And when you use the generosity, you create resentment, which burns you out. So you're stuck on a cycle. So to me, the question when I'm building my business is how can I build this in a way that allows me to have enough time and enough money to be generous? Yeah. So there's that, there's that saying out there, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times before, but it, it, it's put your mask on first. And it's referring mm-hmm. to like when you're on an airplane, if you're an adult traveling with a child, the flight attendant always tells you when they're doing their safety spiel, put your mask on first, because if you do not put your mask on first, you cannot help others. And so, so in that analogy, it's kind of, what you're, what we're saying is we're not saying don't put the mask on the child. Like nobody is, nobody is saying that. Nobody is saying like, Hey, there's grandma down the way and poor grandma can't get to the mask. She needs some help. Well, screw her. You know, I'm going to get mine. Nobody's saying that, but you, they're just saying you cannot help others. You can't be generous to your point. If you do not first protect and help yourself and make sure that you are in a positive place with which to, to give it your cup. Amen. So, amen. So, so I, I love that. Well, so, so I do, I want to give a few, just a couple more actionable tools and tricks and tips. And I feel we've got the expert, so I'm going to, I'm going to make you give away your stuff for free. And I, and I hope that, uh, that's okay with you. If it's not, yes. well, you're on a podcast. I have space for generosity. I already explained that. I love it. So so let's get generous and, and let's talk about some very tactical things that our, you know, we hear a lot of talk about self-care. Um, and and I, I think that self-care varies for everyone. But what are some tried and true tips? Like if you find that you're doing a self-assessment, you you find that you are feeling resentful, that you are feeling exhausted, that you are feeling frustrated in your day-to-day operation, something that previously made you joyful is now a burden. Um, what do you do? We, I mean, so we've first thing, some things for sure. <laughs> yeah. The first thing is throw out your gratitude journal. Okay. All right. And I know that that's not common advice, but when you are actually burnt out, we don't have time for to go into the neuroscience of it, but please trust me when I tell you that the neuroscience of burnout does not allow you to experience gratitude in your body the way that you need to in order for it to be a neurotropic event, like a, something that helps your brain, something that helps your body. So gratitude, it is an incredibly useful experience when you can actually feel it, but you have to feel it head to toe, whole body. Like that moment where you're in front of a sunset that's like the most gorgeous one you've ever seen and you stop and your breath stops for a moment and you're just like, oh, 
how lucky am I right now? And you feel it in your whole body. That gratitude helps you. You can't do that when you're burnt out. The connections in your brain are not working the right way for that to happen. So throw out your gratitude journal. Kate, I have to, I am so sorry. I have to hop in here because I'm freaking out by something that you just said. And if if it's cool with you, I'm going to share a little personal story. Um, But when I was in my early 20s, I experienced a very significant health problem. And I was, I was deeply resentful. I was, uh, I was so angry. And I remember I was talking to my mom and I was just, I was crying and I, cause I was just so frustrated and in pain and sad and scared. And like all of these things were happening. And she was like, Warren, you know, go out and look at the sunset. You just said sunset. And I like freaked out. I was like, holy shit. Uh, but she was like, go out and just remember, look at the sunset. And I, isn't the sunset beautiful? And I just looked at her and I was like, I do not have that in me right now. I do not appreciate the sunset. I know that I should. And that adds a layer of guilt that I, I, I should be grateful that I'm here. I should, I'm shooting all over myself. I should be grateful that there is so much beauty in the world, but I am currently incapable of recognizing that. And to me, the fact that I remember that, like that was a polarizing, like epiphany moment for me, just even being able to realize that it's okay to give myself permission to be angry and resentful and all of these things, if only for just a moment so that I could get like, these are the things that I'm feeling. I am present. I honor how I'm feeling right now. And that's okay because that's what it's going to, what it's going to take to get to the next step, which is healing, right? Absolutely. So when you said that, I just like freaked out. I was like, oh my God, that was like one of the big, that was one of my big life moments. Yeah. Um, And you just started talking about a sunset and you freaked me out. (laughs) I told you I was a medium. I, I'm telling you, like, this is creepy. <laughs> Just for you folks that, like, listening at home, like, when I, whenever I do pre-show prep, we always have a good time, but, like, Kate and I, the whole time, we were just like, wait, wait, wait. You, you want are, to be my best so friend? Similar. We have so much in common. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so thank you for that. That was fun for me. That was so fun. So <laughs> rule number one, throw out your gratitude journal. Yes. Okay. Do a resentment journal instead. Start paying attention to the resentments because that will tell you what changes you need to implement in your particular life and in your particular situation. Because like you said, it's different for everybody. So you really need to start paying attention to the things that are really getting under your skin so that you can figure out where the boundaries need to be drawn. So that's number one. Number two is life pruning, business pruning, life pruning. We cut away the extra leaves on a plant so that we're not feeding water to things that are not necessary for the plant's ability to thrive, right? We do the same thing in your life. Start taking shit off your plate. Stop convincing yourself. This is the ego game. Stop convincing yourself that every single thing that you're doing is like really crucial to your business because half of it is bullshit. Half of it is bullshit. I feel like that's a t-shirt. Okay. All right. Right. So start life pruning. Get rid of the things that don't belong to you. Some of them are going to need to be sent to a VA or or some other employee work or whatever. And some of them you just need to stop doing. Right. So start life pruning. Start cutting stuff out. That's incredibly, incredibly important. And I think it's important to note in there again, like I I have an addendum. Sorry. Like there's a 2A. (laughs) But, you know, some of those things just because it's not sometimes it's not right now. Like just because you say, no, I'm placing a boundary. I don't want to do this anymore. It is not crucial to my business. It's not something that I have to do. doesn't mean that it's not something that you can adopt later down the line. You know, when you have another person that you could be like, hey, would you take this off my plate? You know, kind of deal. Sometimes no just means not right now. Absolutely. 
And the third piece of advice is going to sound like not impactful enough, but it is. Okay. So I want you to look around the area that you spend the most time in your home and look around the area that you spend the most time in your working environment, even if your working environment is within your home. And I want you to upgrade something, anything, one thing at a time, slowly. So if on your couch, which is where you spend most of your time outside of work, you like to be covered up in a blanket and the blanket that you have is like scratchy wool and you would rather it feel soft throw away the damn scratchy wool blanket and get it's yourself a new one. Fiber. <laughs> exactly. This is actually really important from a nervous system and a, and a neuroscience perspective. This helps you to feel safer, which allows the part of your brain that's hyperactive during burnout to start to calm down. So if you hate the paint on your walls, like paint a, paint a wall. If you are using the mugs that were given to you when you had a welcome, like a housewarming party, but you hate the way they feel in your hand, throw out the damn mugs, buy the ones you like. Like make these small improvements to your environment because that helps your body feel safer, which allows your nervous system to calm down, which allows you to really reach into and read what your needs are. I love that. That's... And it can be so simple. Like it, it doesn't have to be anything huge. Just that little toggle that, because because I think one of the things that we've kind of been alluding to over the course of this conversation is the fact that you know, eradicating burnout. Like you didn't get to your burnout stage in a day. You're not going to get out of it in a day. It's a process. It's a journey. And so even just making these small, subtle tweaks, it's setting you on the right path. It's setting you up for success. And so you might not, you know, wake up a day, uh, you know, a couple of days a week from now and be like, oh, no, I'm totally cool. I got my mask on. My cup is full. I'm ready to go. But at, le at the very least, you are making incremental progress to, yes. to get to a point where you're healthy and then getting to a point where you're better able to recognize those signs and better able to to implement those kind of survival coping mechanisms. So so I love that, you know, just little things that you can do that will bring you bring you to the proper path just that much faster. Yeah. Well, little so, ways, so little things are the only things. Love it, love it. Well, well. So I, I got to ask you. We have come up to the time of our human question, Kate, and I have like five questions that I want to ask you. But I think the one that I'm going to ask you, it's actually related to our conversation, which I don't always do. But I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite thing to do just for you? My favorite thing to do just for me is yeah. read. Okay, like read, read, read what? Chicklet fiction, yeah. which is vampires. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that makes me laugh. So I, uh, I, I have this website. I can't even remember what it's called right now, but it has like vampire fiction and werewolf fiction and stuff like that. And I love it's. Some of it is so poorly written. It's like oh, some of it is really bad, oh, it's right? So terrible. It's like you can tell that it was written by twelve-year-old girls and I'm just like oh honey you're gonna be great in about you know 10 years but right now this is rough but it's great it's so trashy and so fun and you just turn off your brain and you're just like yeah werewolf werewolves are real it's totally fine yes. uh, so I, I get that <laughs> I love that well well thank you so much for sharing Kate and thank you so much for for taking the time uh, to, to be here and to share your journey and share your tips and tricks this was a this was a great conversation. 
Thank you so much for having, having me. I really hope that anybody who is out there that is feeling burnt out is hearing this and starting to realize, oh gosh, there are actually some things I can do. Like there are some things yeah. I can do. There are some things you can do to the folks yeah. playing at home. And hey, we start a hustle, Kate. Uh, we're all here for you. So Another another amazing group that is here for you. We got to talk about Wix. Once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle was sponsored by Wix. Uh, you go there when you want to create a website that you're proud of and you want to do it easily and you want to do it quickly. Discover the platform that gives you the freedom to create, design, manage, and develop your web presence exactly the way you want. They give you a lot of control there. Uh, go to Wix.com. Definitely check it out. And we are very grateful for them. They, they're here for entrepreneurs. You know, your web presence is a big deal and they make it possible for the average layperson to go in and very quickly and easily create a beautiful website that helps power the work of entrepreneurs and and we love it and we're very grateful that they are sponsoring this episode i definitely want to point you to to one we just had one of our one of my favorite uh, episodes of the year drop. so i want to tell you a little bit about it not too long ago we had the kansas city's top startups uh, episode drop, Matt and Matt, they led this episode and it is a super fun one. But, you know, most of the Startup Hustle hosts, we are based out of Kansas City, Missouri, and we are very proud of our city. And if you want to hear more about what makes our community tick, at least entrepreneurially, definitely check out that episode. Uh, thank you so much, friends, for, for giving us a listen. We are super, super grateful that you take the time with us week after week, and we will catch you on the flip side. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.